Welcome, everybody, to episode nine. I can't believe we made it to nine episodes here on the podcast. I'm your host, Troy Rivas. This is How to Father, uh, the amateurness of being a dad. Again, I always want to thank a lot of people locally who've been supporting us. Of course, all the listeners out there, thank you guys so very much. I mean, we've been averaging a pretty good amount. We're almost at 1,000 downloads total. I actually haven't checked this morning, but we were pretty darn close to that 1,000 download um, mark there, which I think is pretty cool for us starting out here. Um, also, I want to thank Above Snakes. They are a local boutique here in uh, Old Town Albuquerque. Great alpha. I'm thinking I'm wearing the shorts. I'm always wearing some a piece of their clothing during these podcasts, which is pretty cool. Uh, but no, they're great support. Thank you so very much, and I'm proud of them. And they just got a partnership with the Mexican United, the local soccer team, which is pretty cool. That's nice. Pretty cool here. Um, uh, I also want to thank um, Duke City Beaches. It's a local uh, bar and volleyball and sand soccer place in the Northeast Heights of Albuquerque. Thank you once again, my good friend Shay808. Uh, thank you for uh, the intro and outro beats. And if I miss anyone, I do apologize. Navigation Realty Group, my real estate team, thank you as well. But enough of that. I am super excited to have a really good friend of mine, uh, Raul Roman. Yes. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. So, Raul, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so it's an honor being here. Well, no, thank you. The honor is all mine. And I know we. I say that a lot. I was talking to someone the other day, uh, actually yesterday, I was at the chiropractor, me and the boys got in a little accident uh, a couple weeks ago and he, were, he was a dad and we we're just talking and I said, you know what, I've learned more up during doing this podcast than maybe the guests have and that's like the best thing ever. So I'm super excited to, um, to have you on and, and to hear your experience and all that other fun stuff. So. Again, back to that, I'm gonna try not to say all the other fun stuff too much. It's a it's a drinking game, but uh, if you do that. But enough of me, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, where were you raised? Uh, life with your dad, all that all that stuff. I didn't say fun, all that stuff. <laughs> so I was born and raised in El Paso. Okay. And then I ended up moving here, uh, I wanna say maybe 17, 18. I was, uh, I ended up going my senior year to, here to Cibola. Cibola High School, okay. Yeah, but uh, I was born and raised in El Paso. Okay. Parents are, you know, the Mexican descendants, yeah. born in Juarez, but migrated when they were six, seven years old. Okay, okay. So it's, they, they, they've been here, yeah, yeah. you know, been here a while. Yeah. Um, I like it here, man. It's, 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 so it was a big cultural shock for me <laughs> from being, from where I grew up to. Exactly. As far as food-wise, you know what I mean? It's, yep. New Mexico food is very different from Mexican, Mexican food. food. Exactly. It's a, that was a total total uh, culture shock for yeah. me. Okay. Green chili was, oh, I tripped out so bad when I moved here, man. It was, it was pretty bad. And people don't realize if you, if you so New Mexico is very famous. And there are parts, a lot of part of Mexico. Actually, Mexico uh, does produce more green chili than New Mexico does. I mean, yeah. we're clearly country versus state, but northern Mexico does. But El Paso is probably what an hour 15 hour 25 from hatch new mexico uh I, if that i i honestly i think it's 45 45 minutes 45. because we we ended up going to that uh restaurant sparky sparky's yeah so it was yeah. about a 45 minute drive from el paso to to hatch so el, el paso is very good big on the mexican food and 40 in hatch new mexico if you're not familiar look it up but that's pretty much the green chili capital of the world yes yes um is hatch new mexico that's where all the everyone i mean flies in and they either get it shipped out. If you go to a restaurant and it says certified New Mexico green chili, that's one thing. But if it says certified hat yes. green chili, that's something else. So 
it, you can see the difference between Mexican and New Mexican food, but they were so close. So yes, and, and that's the thing too that uh, uh, me and my wife, we've been looking at, I'm not too sure yet, but I, I'll find out, but I'm pretty sure you could go and pick your own green chili mm-hmm. and get it roasted there. Yeah. Which is, it's a fun experience, you know? It is, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's something unique. Well, green chili season is is upon us. Yes, it's, it is. Um, here a few, I would say a few weeks, maybe a couple weeks out. We already see all the grocery stores with the roasters out front. You know when it's, um, it, the state fair is coming, the green chili is coming, that means football is coming. So yes. fall is fall is here, kids are back in school. Um, okay, in a, tell us more about El Paso. You live growing up in El Paso. Yes, so, so I... I mean, I grew up in El Paso, but I was right outside the outskirts of El Paso. So, um, if people like hiking and stuff, they'll 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 know this. Uh, it's a Wickle Wickle Tanks. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a monument. It's, yep, yep. It's 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 beautiful. It's it's really nice to go hiking, and it, it's a lot of outdoorsy stuff if you want to put it that way. You know. Yeah. So rattlesnakes. So pretty much, uh, I mean, me growing up, my closest neighbor was ten miles away. So I mean, you could imagine. Kids, we, I mean, yeah, we were doing everything, everything, anything. everything possible you could imagine. You know, I mean, which it, it, it was nice. Our imagination yeah. was just, I mean, it was, it was open. It was, if it was a rock, you're gonna flip it, open it up. Oh yeah, and then, and then, I mean, I, my, I had my dad, like my, my grandpa. I mean, he, he was from Mexico, but he, he knew, he ended up doing a lot of stuff on his own. Obviously, okay, o- older back in the days, you, you kind of don't hire plumbers and stuff like yeah. that. So it's all a. Uh, Fix and learn yourself, you know what I mean? Exactly, yep, yep. So that, that I, I learned a lot from my grandfather. He 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 knew everything. He was a musician. Oh, wow. Plumber, uh, you know, mechanic. Yeah. yeah. He had to be. Yeah, he, he was. And then uh, I, I think they're still there, but uh, um, it, uh, if you go to El Paso, there's a big old, I think it's called a Zarco. Okay, yeah. Those big pipes. Yep. He used to go clean those wow. back in the day. I'd, wow. I mean, I can't remember. Obviously, I wasn't born, but... Yeah. I heard stories about yeah. that all the time, you know. You know, you know the crazy thing is, if you guys are familiar with El Paso, it's uh, the tanks are western or eastern, excuse me, yes, eastern El Paso. So if you go Montana, all the way, yes, all the way out. If you go now, it's like houses everywhere. It's crazy. Oh man, it's it's uh, now that I go visit it, it's I, it's hard to imagine because before, I mean, to get to my house, it was a nice thirty minute drive, and it was there was nothing. Yeah. Now it feels like a 10-minute drive because there's so much stuff so going much on the east stuff, side. Yeah. I mean, it, it's unrecognizable to me, you know? Exactly. Cause, but the, the funny thing is, I grew up in Maryland. My grandparents lived in El Paso, so we used to go there all the time, and they lived eastern. So if you go Montana, you see the famous Triple uh, uh, X drive-in theater on the yes. right-hand side and the, and the little stop <laughs> there. So it was Wagon Mound, I think, was the turnoff. There was a... A cluster of mailboxes. You turn left, and they were snaked back in there. So they they they, they probably knew uh, my uh, grandfather's uh, sister. Probably. She lived right around there. She had pigs. Okay, yeah. I, I'll, I'll you know what that that's that my aunt's <laughs> down there. So I'll ask that question. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's a small world. I mean, yes, small yeah. world. We, yes. You say you're from El Paso. I was like, oh, I, I have my El Paso stories. <laughs> yeah, get it chasing quail and looking up. There's a snake and there's a scorpion. There's all kinds. Oh of man, stuff. yeah, we. Surprisingly, we never, we, me and my cousins never got injured or hurt. Oh, we, yeah. And it's, it was, <laughs> so it's just wide open out there. That's a wide open country. But El Paso has grown. Uh, Fort Bliss has blew up that whole town. Oh, most definitely. And, um, and then, of course, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, El Paso is probably twice, maybe almost three times the size of Albuquerque now. Yes, it, it is. And, I mean, and, and it's still growing. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, schools are, I mean, 
it's like there's a school like around every corner now. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 pretty crazy out there. And and the crazy the thing people they they associate Juarez, which is a very uh, ranks high in the world of dangerous cities. Yes. El Paso, right across the river, Rio Grande, is the safest city in America. Yeah. So when we moved, uh, and I'll remember this because that's when we moved in 2010 here to Albuquerque. That's when it was ranked. Juarez was ranked the worst city to live in. Yeah. And El Paso was ranked the safest city to live in. And I mean, they're, I mean, it's. You throw a rock. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, what's crazy is what people don't understand when you drive to El Paso and they see houses, they don't understand that that's already, that's Mexico. That's, yeah. you know, it, it, unless you, it's a unless, yeah, unless you tell them. Yeah. They, 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 they wouldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a border town. It's, well, yeah, it's a very, it's very much a border town in the Rio Grande River or the Rio Grande. I said river, Grand River, but the Rio Grande, um, isn't a wide river. No, and not it, there. Not there. I mean, you go further down when you get closer to the Gulf, and of course to New Mexico, there it's there's some whole parts there. But I mean, it's really and it's very shallow. Yes. Or or dried up at some. Point. It's actually pretty dried up. I mean, if you go down more south, Loretto, McAllen, yeah. all that, the, yes, it's wider over there. But you know, Paso. I mean, you say Rio Grande, and you're like, where? Where? You, you don't see it. You know. Well, I, when we moved to Albuquerque, my brother and I went to go fishing. And we're all excited. We're like, it's the Rio Grande. We learned about this in geography class. It's the big border river. It's like the fourth longest river. We're like all hyped up and stuff. And we looked at it and we're like, this is not even a creek. What What is this? Yeah. What is going on here? And it's even narrower from the further south you go. And of course, when you get through like Big Bend and stuff like that, it opens up. Yeah, because me growing up, we used to go to uh, Radium Springs. Radium Springs, yeah, yeah. That's where we used to go play yeah. the water. I mean, that was kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, you had the, well, right outside El Paso, they had the little salt lakes beds. What's the name of the city? Something city. Uh, Horizon City, Horizon, Horizon uh, City. Horizon City, Horizon. Well, there's Horizon, and then you got Fabens, Clint. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all close to each other, Sanelli. And there's those, they have like salt water beds that are probably dried up, but yeah. they were, you drive, if you're driving through there, which actually gets you to like Carlsbad Caverns and stuff like that, oh, yeah. to Guadalupe National Park, which is the highest point in Texas. And this yeah. is like, He's like, well, you guys are talking about geography. <laughs> We're talking about that stuff. But <laughs> yeah, no, this is the experience. I mean, it's it's cool because, again, we've known each other for a few years now because our yeah. kiddos are in this other school. They go to yeah. the same class and all that fun and all that stuff. But um, we we had a connection to El Paso, which yes. which is pretty neat. Um, so you said you grew up, your dad, your grandpa, they pretty much, your grandpa was a jack of all trades. Yes. And, yes. and you heard all the stories. Tell us about that life, that, like you said, the culture shock from being so far from your neighbors to coming to New Mexico and coming to Albuquerque and being like, oh, wow. Well, see, for me, it was a big cultural shock just because the way I grew up, I mean, we we didn't have, obviously, access to water all the time. You had to order a, a pump of water. Yeah. So, I mean, it. You, you'll see the metal tanks, and exactly, I mean, that's, yeah. we had to order that, your gas. Most, like, uh, outer skirts of towns, like, yeah, here in New exactly. Mexico, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, coming here, I mean, it's... You turn on the hose, and I mean, the water won't run out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Over there, it would. So you yep. gotta kind of balance it. You could only take a shower not too long. Yeah, you know, exactly. stuff like that. Exactly. But obviously, my dad was always like, "I pay, I pay for the water, so I'm gonna take as long as I so want." Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, it. Yep. But we all knew as you know, it's so culture shock. It was a little different, but I mean, it, it wasn't too bad. Obviously, you okay. know. Okay. Okay. I didn't. We we didn't have no outhouse stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had some before, but I. I was I was a baby. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, and that's the thing when you when you go from like okay, this is what I'm used to, this yes. is what I know. 
hauled water, propane, all that, st- all that stuff like that, to like, oh wow, this is like nice city amenities. It, it really you take for granted, like, oh yeah, most what, of it. like what what you have. You could turn on the water; it's hot or cold. Or you could turn on the stove, and you got some, you got a flame. It, it's uh, it really shows that uh, that you could be grateful for. Oh, most definitely, because I mean, it's. Uh, I'll put it another example. My mom ended up having an accident on July fourth, doing fireworks. You okay. know, firework ended up exploding in her eye. Oh, jeez. So, by the time we called the fire department, it was a forty-five minute drive for them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So my dad did the opposite, grabbed her, took off. Took her off, yeah. 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 You know, that was going to be the fastest way to, exactly. to to get to them. So just thinking of that to where I live here in the city, I mean, they, they could be there in three minutes, five minutes. It, it just depends, yeah. obviously. Well, you could be at a hospital or a clinic. Or oh, yeah, well, definitely. But quick. And that's that's something that as a, as a parent, you kind of, you're conscientious about of, you, you, of course, you don't want nothing to happen to your kids ever. Oh, yeah. But if there is an accident, something you kind of know your surroundings on yes. where's my closest this, where's my closest yes. that. A funny quick story on El Paso, we'll move on. My grandmother, uh, God rest her soul, uh, she was a bingo player. Oh God, I have nightmares. I have PTSD of playing bingo, especially in El Paso. Um, I won the blackout once and she gave me $20. It was a thousand dollar payout. <laughs> but it was, she said, mijo, mijo, these are my dabbers. This is my card. Yep. And I always had a smile because the, even though the balls are bouncing around, yes. he, the guy knew exactly what I needed. Yeah. So I had had a good attitude. I'm sitting there getting secondhand smoke. All these old ladies sitting there smoking away. I'm like, this is what? Can I just go to the arcade? Can I go to Kmart? It's like, can I go to Kmart? But yeah, but grandma's the one that took you. So she, she's the one. Yes, it's it's her money. And I yeah. grandpa, grandma only gave me $20. He's like, well, was it her dabbers? I'm like, yeah, was it this? I'm like, okay, whatever. You see, he, he gave me some money. It was on my birthday too. So I was like, oh, sweet. I'm like living large. See, and then it's the same way with like uh, your grandma plays me. My grandma was the Loteria. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. That or it's a, um, I don't know if people know it a lot, but it's called tomatolo. Okay. It's like a little spinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it says, you know, tomatolo is you take everything or you put one, put two. Okay. Take one, take two. Oh, nice, nice. Or take all, you know. Okay. okay. So, I mean, it, those, I mean, those weekends would get intense and we were just playing with pennies, man. Okay. But it would end up getting $6 worth of pennies. You know what I mean? And that's a lot of money. Yeah. And I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, we'll be playing for hours, you yeah. know, and it, I mean, it would get intense. Yeah. Inflation is like 200 bucks right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so it was funny being out there in the West Eastern uh, El Paso. There was, we always went to sun, um, Christmas Eve mass. Yes. And it, it snowed in El Paso. I'm not sure if you were there when it snowed. I don't even remember the year. I was maybe like 12 or 13. I remember snow like a dust, like a two inches or something like that. But El Paso, if it snows there, then everything's shut down. Uh, and for, school's you know, canceled, yeah. School's canceled. Yep. And so we're there for Christmas Eve, and they're like, she's like, mijo, it's too dangerous. We can't go to church because it's too dangerous. And we're sitting there hanging out, and this is, this is going to age me. But she's like, well, you guys want to go to Blockbuster? We're like, sure. We drive to Blockbuster, and we pass a church, and we get on Lee Trevino, where that Walmart, Blockbuster, all that stuff's set over there. And I remember, like, going to Blockbuster. I was a kid. I was happy. I didn't have to go to church. I'm, like, getting some movies, some popcorn, whatever. We get our movies. We drive back, and I see the people leaving the church. I was like, Grandma, is that the church we're going to? She's like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I was like, it was too dangerous to go to church, but not too we're dangerous not to go to Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, well, you as a father now with two, with two beautiful girls, um, when you realize, like, hey, I'm going to be a dad, tell, tell us that the excitement, the fear, the everything else that came with it when you and Lachelle realize you're going to have your first baby girl? Well, it's, so the crazy part, me with fear, the being a father, it was never 
it, in uh, how do I explain it? I, I never feared it. Okay. Because I always wanted to be a dad. Okay. Yeah. Since I was yeah. a little kid, I mean, I, I, I always wanted to get married, be a dad, you know, have kids. Yeah. And, and it was weird because at, at a small age, I was really good with kids. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I take care of my cousins yeah. or if we go to parties, I mean, I was, it, it was weird. I mean, I could make from a baby being crying, I could make them laugh instantly, oh, wow. you know? Good. Yeah. So my grandma always said I had that. She said I always had an angel with me. Oh. Because you can make somebody yeah, yeah. smile. You know what I mean? It, 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 it was pretty weird. But uh, as I started getting older, that's, I kind of took it as like, uh, I kind of knew what I wanted in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. That I wanted to be a dad. I mean, uh, I, I wish I had him younger. I glad, I'm glad I, I didn't, you know? Young, man. Because, I mean, I still had him young. I mean, I, my first one, I had her at 24. You're, I was 24. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's still pretty young. That's, you, know, you know what I mean? But I was like, in, it, it, my intuition was 18, you know? Oh, yeah, uh huh. Be, but that comes from my parents yeah. because they had me young. They had me at 16. Okay, yeah. See? So, uh, you know, my parents were, I mean, they weren't even adults yet when they had me. So, how old is your dad now? My dad now, he's a. Uh, <laughs> He's what, uh, so he's gonna be forty eight this year. Forty eight, why? So I and I'm gonna be thirty two. Okay, so okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Pretty. Yeah. You think about it, it's still it's it's pretty crazy. That's my dad's still really young, you know. And, yeah, and which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, yes, yes. Bad thing is that he's not close to us. That's unfortunate yeah. thing. He lives in Waco. Okay, so it's it's hard to make plans and stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, we talk every every weekend okay. so that's, that's that, good it's we do have really good communication that's good that's so so let's let's go back to that as your dad being pretty much very young raising you did you was there did, how did you feel your dad did i i mean my, i think my dad exceeded to everybody's expectations i mean he ended up getting a job at at the mall as a dishwasher okay for a local pizza joint yeah yeah, yeah. and he stayed with that company, I want to say maybe 16 years, and he ended up running the store. Wow, wow. Pretty much it, pretty much the person that owned it wouldn't even call my dad, nothing. If something happened, she, they pretty much they told her, you take care of it as your own store. And wow. they never bothered my dad with that. Wow. So my dad started from the bottom and worked his Hopefully. way up, you know what I mean? And he did all the motivation of... Oh, most definitely. You know, my dad was a hard worker, and I mean, it, I see it all the time with him. I mean, it, it was that, and... There was things that I obviously, I mean, that made me who I am now because of him. Yeah. Because I wanted to be better than my dad, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just every. And he wanted, he wanted that for you as well. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And he, he gave us above and beyond from what we could ask for. Yes. For what he did. You know what I mean? I mean, my dad, parents, well, both my parents never graduated high school. Okay. So I was the first one to graduate high school. Wow. First one to go to college. Yeah. Ended up getting associates. Yeah. From my CDL license, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Okay, I mean, take it, right? I ended up getting a CDL license, but I ended up getting associates at yeah, the same yeah. time. Okay. So it's it was pretty cool. But I mean, it, from just that itself, just graduating high school was a big accomplishment for my yeah. parents. My parents were bawling eyes because- Oh, that's awesome. You know? That's awesome. Obviously, they, they, they never did it. But from from that, I mean, my dad, I mean, it. from where, where I grew up, it's really Mexican culture. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, you know? So my dad would work and then my mom would stay at home. Yeah. You know? And then it, it ended up changing a little bit later on. Yeah. Because times did get tougher. Exactly. You know? But I mean, I, it was still pretty much the same way because then my grandma would take care of us. Yeah. You know? So it was, 
Well, in Mexican culture, a lot of a lot of different cultures, the uh, the grandma is the matriarch of the family. Yes, and they um, they're the ones who uh, really kind of they 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 hold things down. And we talked about in the past about it. It takes a village oh, to run things, and when it comes to family, it does take a big family to kind of come together, especially. And then your grandma knew that is it your dad's mom? Was it? No, it was my my mother. Your mom's mom. Yes. They knew that. Okay, hey, like these two young kids had a baby yes. and they need help as yes. I grew up and I knew a lot of people around me that had kids at a very young age that had no clue but they didn't have any support outside of that and you're sitting there and you you understand that yeah it does take a village no matter if you're 24 or 29 or 16 having a baby it takes the family to kind of help raise it and it, it seems like that your family rallied to make sure they could give you the best life well it didn't all go off from the beginning like that with my parents but my dad from my mom's side they didn't like my dad okay because they had yeah, they, yeah. they had me at a young age yeah, you know yeah. but it once they knew my dad and met him and seen how how hard of a hard worker he was i mean it was i mean they loved my dad as well when they would tell me stories i'm like no my uncle didn't hate my dad and they're like yeah yeah it's like yeah. He, they hated your dad you know because my my mom's side is my grandma ended up having 18 kids. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's, it, so, it, I mean, it was a big family. And my, my mom was the second youngest. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she, she was one of the babies. So, that yeah. kind of tells you, you know what I mean? Everybody's older than her. So, it's, so they're, they're protecting. protecting well, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. So, that's what it came down to, you know. And then, I, I mean, it was just, how do I explain it? It's, uh, I mean, within time, knowing my dad, who he was our worker yeah, and, and all that. I mean, they, they just love my dad. So it seems like your dad gave you a good example on how to not just be a hard worker, but also provide for your family. Almost definitely. Yes. And you said, of course you graduated high school, the first of your immediate family, and then to graduate, uh, to get your associates and your CDL. So now let's talk about that. So what do you do for a living? So, so, so I'm a truck driver. Okay. Been doing this since my daughter. So it's, Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Going on seven years at the end of this year. So we and we will we'll, and I really want to touch on this because there's a lot of because you're on the road. You're not you're not just like oh, I'm going across town. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, tell us about your routes. Tell us. I mean, I know you went from company. You, you've changed companies, but tell us about I guess the lifestyle that you've had as a new father and then being on the road, working, etc. Tell us about kind of how that looks like on your day to day. So. So obviously, when when Lachelle had a our oldest, it, it was it was rough, because I mean I, I had just started a job, and I mean I was on the road and she was staying at home, and I mean it was I couldn't just drop what I was doing and go back home. I mean exactly. now I'm a couple hours away, four or five hours away, I would go to Lubbock, and you know, so it wasn't just a little ten minute drive, yeah. drop everything what I'm doing and go back. I mean there was. I mean, it was going to be another five-hour drive back. Exactly, yeah. It, you know, but uh, what I do now, I, I have a sit run. Okay. So I work I work graveyards. Okay. And uh, so pretty much I do 610 miles a day. Okay, yeah. So 3,000 miles a week, which ends up turning 12,000 miles a month, 145,000 miles a year, you know? And so, you said with within your initially getting your CDL license, you're close to a million miles. Yeah. So at, at the end of this year, uh, yeah, at the end of this year, I should be hitting my million miles now, which it's it's a big accomplishment, you know, a, a, accomplishment because I mean it's uh, I'm accident free. 
Yep. So, I mean, no wrecks. No, yep. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> I mean, it's thankfully, I mean, obviously you have the, your casual blowing tires and stuff yep. like that, but I mean, that's so what uh, well, my buddies call it is part of trucking. Yeah, part of trucking. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's going to happen. So, so tell us about that now. So you, you think about it. You've been on, you started with your oldest when she was born, so seven yes. years now. And you now you've been a million miles on the road as a father to two kids. Yes. How's that? How's that balance? Did you choose graveyard so you could spend time with them as much as you can during the day? Tell us about. So then, uh, obviously, where the company I work, it's, it goes through seniority. Yeah. So I, where I'm at right now, I, I, I'm at a, uh, I'm at the stage where I'm able to choose a run, but uh, the, uh, most of the runs are graveyards. Okay. But it was either that or, or what they called the wild board, which wild board would have probably been even worse because it, it's not a set schedule. Okay, yeah. So just all over the place. Yeah, so they could call me in the morning and then I'll do a run, whatever, and come back home and then reset. So I'll go to sleep for eight hours, nine hours, and then they might call me that same night. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. excuse me. So it's not a set schedule. That's fair enough. Yeah, so I ended up choosing a set schedule where I can enjoy the time with my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm off the weekends. Okay. But it, it's still kind of crazy because on the weekends, I obviously I drive at night, come back in the morning, and that day I'll stay up all day. Yeah. I mean, I'm up all day just because I'm doing I stuff. mean, you rolled into here yeah. right now. He just just did a run, just yeah. worked the graveyard ship, went home, showered up, cleaned up, and he's sitting right here. We're having a coffee here at Sunday service. Motor Co. You guys just check it out. Fourth and Manal. A little little plug there. Thank them for allowing us to shoot it here on their patio. But yeah, that's that's your usual. Yeah, yeah, it's my usual. And then obviously right now it's different because now the kids are in school. Yeah. You know when it was summer, I I, I got to spend time with them. Right now, you know, what I mean, we we did stuff. We all go do outdoors. Yeah. You no, know, it do do as much as we could with exactly. them. Exactly. You know? I, I mean, I'm a big sports fanatic. Yeah. You, you yeah, know. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. And. That's the thing that, you know, I, when you talk to Tano about it, I, I mean, I, I would love my kids to do sports, but I'm not going to force them. Exactly. That's one exactly. thing my parents never forced me. It, if I wanted to do something, they would support me. Never got to see me, of course, because they were working. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I mean, they would do as much as they could. I mean, exactly. they'll buy me. But you knew deep down inside that they're there for you. Yeah, most definitely, you know. And, um, well, the funny part is that my dad would occasionally go. And when he would go, he was like, really? He's like, but I would get so, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Nervous or? Uh, well, uh, stage fright. Stage fright. Because my dad was there, so I wanted to do the best, and they would end up being the opposite, yeah, you know? Enough, yeah. But, I mean, there's tapes where my, you know, my uncles would record it or my aunties. Yeah. And my dad would see the tape, and he's like, well. well where was this at? E- exactly, you know? But it's what I would tell him. like, it's because you're there. You, you make me nervous because you don't go all the time. And I would just want to prove myself. Exactly. That, I think that's just, for me growing up, I always wanted to prove that I, you know. Yeah. I wanted to be the best for my, for my parents. Exactly. You know? And I, I, I think it, it shows with my kids too. But I, um, obviously I'm going to support whatever they want to do. Yeah. I mean, Zalia's uh, in gymnastics right now. Yeah, yeah. And my youngest, she, she wants to do wrestling. Wrestling. Wait a I could see that. <laughs> Which I don't know anything about wrestling, but I mean, I've been watching videos just to learn the basics. Exactly. Just to support her. I mean, yeah. I, I want to be as much as a fan and obviously as a supporter to her. Yeah. To at least help her 
or guider. I, I guess I'll say guider because exactly. I, obviously I don't know anything about the sport. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, obviously it's, there's a lot of things that I changed personally because I was never, uh, I grew up in a family where the man never shows your emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you probably yeah. know it. And that's a big thing that I had to change because yeah. I have girls. Yes. And I mean, that's, it's big difference. I mean, girls, obviously, they show their expressions, emotions. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, you're outnumbered three on one. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. But, uh, uh, you know, that that's a thing that I learned from my father. Yeah. Uh, well, my father and also my father-in-law, he, he guided me with a lot of stuff like that okay. because he raised my wife. Yes. He did. Uh, you know, there, sadly, his, yes, yes. his wife passed away, you know. And actually, it was yesterday. It's been 20 years. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff that I, that I, that I get guidance from is from my father-in-law because he raised a girl, a girl, you know? And so he knew what, in a sense, or he learned, and now he knows how to raise yes. a, a girl, yeah. Yeah, and you see, and I'm very patient. It, patience is one of my biggest, I guess, uh, uh, not flaws, but I, uh, how do I say it? It's one of my big powers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I call it my power fives, you know? Yeah, you, yeah. But patience, I'm really good with patience which kind of helps me now with with my daughters because it's sometimes it's it could be a simple little thing and and they get sad about you know it, just being at home i mean the crayon broken and i mean it's there's tears and they're bawling eyes and i'm like the crayon broken i'm like you know i mean simple little things like yeah. that and you know but it, i had to understand that because their emotions are obviously very different you know and, and to them the crowns their world oh yeah most definitely you know it, it and Obviously, I didn't see that at the beginning, but I ended up changing to noticing that that was a big thing for them. You know what I mean? Well, that's one thing as dads, we, we evolve, right? Like, oh, yeah. We, we have to always be constantly evolving and not evolve for ourselves, but evolve for our kids. Yes, yes. And, and it, it seems like, okay, with, with working, that initially you said it was tough because you couldn't be there. You couldn't be yes. hands-on. And as I know you as a dad, that you are very hands-on with your kids. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you love your kids. I would say... Uh, you said you wanted to make your parents proud uh, with sports, et cetera. I think what you're doing now probably has made them the, the proudest because you are honestly one of the best better, best dads I've ever known. Seeing you with your kids, with your family, and and sacrificing a lot, especially with your, your – I mean, I, if I drove, drove eight hours back and forth, <laughs> my first thing is I just want to chill, I want to sleep, do this, but you're there dropping them off at school, you're doing this, you're picking them up from school, then you're like, okay – I'm going to go get some sleep before I have to head out again type yeah. of thing. So with that balance that you're doing, it really shows that it's a, you're able to do it. And I know a lot of guys out there, a lot of dads that are either on the road or they have to fly places. And sure, technology has helped out where you could FaceTime your kids or yeah. you could do this and do that. But there's something different to being like with them. And it seems like you found a pretty good balance of work, rest. And being with your girl. Yes, and and I mean, obviously, with 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 the technology now, it's it's kind of helped us better too. Because sometimes I'm in the road, and I mean, they're going to a party, you know, so they they'll Facetime me, and then yeah. I mean, you know, they're all playing, and then they'll come say hi to me, and then and obviously they forget about me, you know. They're it's party mode right now, but they uh they all oh, if they if if they know that Lachelle's talking to me, they they'll be like, oh, I'm, it's dad, you know. Yeah. So they will, and that. Uh, you you seen Zalia? Oh yeah, she's a. If you let her talk, she she she. 
Hey, I mean, you've seen it. She'll have stories for you for, oh, for, for days. Yes. And the, the funny thing, um, the other day we were leaving, she's like, I want to eat her Takis. I was like, just save me one talk. Yes. And she didn't want a pinky promise. She wanted a thumb promise. Yeah, so she does a thumb promise. She yes. does the opposite. The opposite, which is good because if you break your promise, apparently you cut your thumb off. And you could do things without a pinky, but you can't do so with a thumb. <laughs> this is her, like, analogy. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, which is crazy because we never brought up that to her. With us, it was the pinky promise. And yeah. she's like, no, thumb promise. So, I mean, it, it, it ended up becoming a thing for us, you know? And she brought me two whole bags of Takis <laughs> in yeah. that state. And I was like, okay, thank you. Wait, Which the boys ate. Well, I didn't have a, I didn't even have one. Which I mean, she talked about it because I think it was two days after that yeah. she gave it to you. Yeah. Well, that the day before it, she was like, she's like, I can't see Troy because he's gonna come like, no, because I forgot this. See, that's what she kept talking. She's like, I forgot the talkies. I forgot the talkies. You know. And I guess that's what the next day. That's why she took you too. She took me too, and I completely forgot about <laughs> it. It was all for fun, and I mean, but but the, I mean, again, that shows you your girls are very. It's good because. They're both um, Max and and uh, Zelia are in the same class, and then it was funny. Camden and Zelia were in the same class, yes. and now they're both kind of growing up. And then Zia's up there, yeah, uh, with uh, Ted's little guy yeah, Simon, with Simon, yes. and uh, in the same class. And so uh, it, it just it just shows that it, these kids are are very connected in a lot of ways outside with school. So when it comes to being a dad to girls, again, very foreign to me. Uh, I have two boys. They're rambunctious, they're rowdy. I know girls are the same way too. But how how is, and I, you, you touched on and maybe elaborate more with Lachelle's dad raising him. Tell us how it's making you to be a dad yourself. Like you said, you've been, you realize you had to be more patient, had to show your emotions more. I know Mexicans' dads aren't, I'm half Mexican, so I know you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be sitting there stern, this, this, and that, can't show your emotion. Tell us how that transition on being vulnerable, in a sense, to your girls and listening to your girls has helped you become a dad on your day-to-day. Well, you know, how you talked about that, like, and you, how you talk about evolving, you know? Like, with my dad now, my dad's the biggest crybaby now. <laughs> Before, he was, he never was. Yeah. He never showed emotion, he never said, I love you. They, and, you know, this is what I grew up in, no hugs, no affection. Yep. Okay. Now it's the opposite. It's okay. Like I mean, the, he won't stop saying "I love you." Uh, when I see him, obviously hugs and stuff yeah. like that. And and then and he's a big crybaby. <laughs> I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to give his dirty laundry. No, but that's fine. That's he's fine. he's very emotional now. Yeah. But it's stuff that I think that he missed on before because he 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 talks about it. Okay. You know, there's things that he wished he could change. Yeah. Obviously, but it from from me seeing that from my dad, it obviously tells you that he's still growing. And I mean, yeah. I'm I'm gonna be 32, but he's still in a way kind of not saying raising me, but he still teaches me stuff. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Well, it shows that's this that's a very good point. It's not too late. No, we, we no. talk about it so many times. It's not too late to get back to your kids' life. It's not too late to evolve and change. Yes, how you raise or talk or interact with your kids, no matter if they're little ones, mm-hmm. if they're teenagers, or as in this case, adult children yeah exactly. um and so so that's a good good point and uh, sorry to interrupt but i thought that was a really good point. no 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 and 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 that's what i was just bringing it up just because that's from what i see my dad and i mean my dad was my biggest supporter and that's what i love every time i talk to him he always tells me he's like you know i'm proud of you you're you're doing more than me before obviously you know yeah but my dad did a lot of stuff with us he we win trips yearly yeah. you know okay so i we i had a good life you know, we, we did a lot of vacations, 
trips, yeah. you know, universals. Yeah, yeah. But we also went down to Cancun. Oh, nice. You know, we did stuff like that when I was younger. Yeah. Which is nice to 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 see, which kind of made me realize that that's what I want to do with my children, you know? Go on adventures, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, we've done, I, I know it's not far from here, but we've done the, what's it called, the Chances Circle. Oh, yeah. Chances you know, Circle's beautiful, beautiful. It's beautiful in the summer and in and the winter. winter I mean, and fall time. Yeah. Fall is insane. Oh, man. It, yeah. You know, and you get those three three different, obviously, weather exactly. that, that you get to experience, and it's always something different, you know what I mean? Well, what's the name of that town? Okay, and back to our geography. This is a good geography lesson for everyone here for uh, New Mexico and West Texas, very West, very... El Paso's not even, El Paso's El Paso. It's not New Mexico. It's not Mexico. It's not even Texas. It's just El Paso. But the Enchanted Circle is a round highway in northern New Mexico that goes from Cuesta to Red River to Eagle's Nest to Taos. And I think I missed another. Angel Fire. Angel Fire. There's the other town. And there's ski resorts, of course, for the wintertime and a lot of summer stuff. But it really is. And there's that town. Is it Penasco? Um, oh, I got I to gotta look it up. There's a town that's right outside of Taos. That if you are, if you, again, geography, Taos is north of Santa Fe, which is the highest capital in North America. Yes. And the oldest continuously running seat of government in North America, which is a cool fun fact there for you guys. But yeah, Penasco. Penasco is south. Like if you're going, there's Vallecitos and there's Penasco. And it's, you're kind of going up this mountain. And it's instead of going down to uh, Española, like through Pilar and all that stuff like that, go down, following the Rio Grande. You go around the other way. We did that because they shut down the road for an accident. And you're just going up the mountain. You say, oh, it's mountain. And you drop down this valley, and it's Switzerland, man. It is so beautiful up there. But, yeah, go back to that. You take So you take your kids up to the Enchanted Circle, and I bet you they loved it. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, we all, uh, I think uh, we went around October. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that, at the, the foliage uh, and all that. Yeah, stuff. so then you get to see all the ramps. The ramps come down, yep. and then they're right there by the gorge bridge. Yep, yep. And they're on the gorge bridge. They're and not, just, there's they're not no blockage. Right. They're on the gorge bridge. And they're not afraid of us. No, 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 they're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's little things, but I, that's a thing that I knew growing up as a kid, that the little things is what they'll remember. Exactly. You know, I, I'm a I'm a big rock. I'm a big rocker. Yeah, and my I took my daughter to a Slipknot concert Ooh. when she was three. Yeah, okay, okay. And she still remembers. Still she remembers talks the about it all the time. Yeah. She's like, yeah. Dad, remember when you took me to the concert? Dad, remember? It's like we were up there with the other kids because I, I didn't want her to be obviously with oh, yeah. where there's the mosh pits yeah. and all that stuff. So <laughs> I ended up finding a little spot, and it was just parents with little kids the same age as my daughter She's rocking out. Yeah. And I mean, they were jamming out, doing their own little kind of mosh pit in a way. Yeah, yeah, a Obviously, they don't know. They're just, yeah, they're just walking in circles. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's but, you know, she remembers that. And it makes me realize that she, you know, that's, these are things that she, she's going to remember by heart. And, you know, hopefully when she's older, she'll still remember them. I think so. There, there's, there's something special because my mom, uh, and, of course, we've talked about this in the past, she took us places. She yeah. took us Every, any event that was free, we were there. Yeah. We were like, oh, is a free this, a free that. Yes. We're going, we're going, festivals, whatever, concerts. And those are the experiences that I remember. Sure, I remember the trips and whatnot. Yeah. I remember like, I remember coming home like every time you, you, every summer break was over. You go in front of the class, you talk about your summer. And these kids are, oh, we went to Europe, or we went to Disney World, or we went here, we went yes. there. Whatever the case, whatever it was. And I'm like, oh, I like went to West Virginia. <laughs> I did this festival. I did this, but and at first I felt like this, like oh man, like we're not doing a lot or we're not doing this. But I look back now, I'm like, man, I had a blast. I, 
I we didn't have everything. We didn't have well, you know, I don't even think we had two pennies to rub together. Yeah. Couldn't even play that game with your grandma <laughs> up in my life savings back then. But um but it was just it, those little experiences, like you said, are just those are what kids remember because it's not the fact that Oh, you took me to a concert. It's you took me somewhere that you enjoy and you might have wanted to be down there in action. Yes. But you're like, no, I want to be up here with my kiddo. Yes. Enjoying everything. You know, and, and the funny part too, it, it rained a little bit. So I, I was prepared. So I, okay. I brought some raincoats. Yeah. And, you know, so I had her and then obviously she was small. So I had her on top of my shoulders and yeah. I mean, she was, she was having a blast. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And then obviously Slipknot kind of does a fire stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So. She thought it was fireworks, so she was she, she was just living her best oh, life. Oh, most definitely, yeah. Well, and a, f a funny thing about the concert uh, in El Paso, this is nuts. We're like, we're, we're ambassadors to visit El Paso, guys. Go to El Paso. Um, there's a band called Beach House. They're originally from Baltimore. There's a, a gal and a guy, and it's kind of like a indie pop, kind of soft pop type of band. And there's a song called Take Care that me and Canada used to sing. Oh, and he was like, one, two, which is like, he would just sing in the back. And I'm going to start tearing up thinking about it. This is like... This, this was our song. And so um, they had an all-ages show downtown El Paso in this little, like, dive bar. Yeah. Probably like a launch pad. Probably fit, like, a few hundred people, if that. Yeah. So I remember we drove down to El Paso, hung off my aunt. I actually played volleyball with my cousins that day, like, indoor volleyball. We went to the hotel. Max was, like, maybe, like, nine months. He was two. He was still a little pipsqueak. He's still a little pipsqueak. But he, he was a little guy. So Ruby stayed with Max. I had Camden and I put him on my shoulders. Same thing, he had his little headphones on. Yep. And he's just jamming out. And then the lead singer, we're in the back. Yes. And the lead singer's like, is that a baby? <laughs> and we're like, woo, like going crazy. And uh, and she's like, and we're like, we love you, we love, we're just screaming. Yeah. And Camden just like waving, he's just having a good time. And then she asked like, what's your favorite song? I say, take care. And I remember her singing, so I'm gonna start crying about it. I remember she saying, take care. And he just like rubbed, he used to rub my ears. Like when he was yeah. tired, they would rub, he would rub my ears. And he's rubbing my ears and I'm sitting there just like singing off key probably, tears in my eyes, like this is this. Could I have came to this concert and went, pushed my way to the front and enjoyed it front row by myself? Sure. Yes. But having that experience with my kid, yes. and to this day, every time that song comes on, he's like, Dad, remember the concert? Yep. Yeah. And that's it. That's all that matters. And, and you know, and that's the thing that I, I mean, I, I learned from my parents. I mean, my parents gave me everything that I could ask for. You know what I mean? I never asked for stuff just because I knew, not not that I knew, but I I realized that we, we didn't, we were rich, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I had all, I had everything I, I could possibly have. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I didn't have to ask for anything. Exactly. But I, like, you know, once in a while, maybe I'll ask for some shoes, you know, but it was for sports. Yeah. But, you know, it, I, I, most of the time when I started playing soccer, I, I used to put carports. Yeah. Those were my, those were my knee pads. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think those were my fun moments. So when I got my knee pads, I hated those things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. I want to go back to my cardboards, but it was like little things like that that my parents would try and go above and beyond for me to play sports. Exactly. You know, and obviously I'm like, obviously I, I know I, I wasn't, but I was a good player. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm, I wasn't a college player, yeah. nothing like that, but I was good enough where I had fun and I enjoyed it. You yeah, know? Exactly. Well, it just shows what you're doing with your girls and what you're, and it's just a continuation of your parents. And, 
And it's crazy because we talked about like generational curses, right? Yes. You think about it, your, your, your mom and your dad at a young age could have been like, well, we, we're still in high school. We don't know what we're doing. Yep. And they could have abandoned you to grandparents or to worse, a foster care system. Yeah. But they decided to say, let's figure this out. Yeah. And, and your dad realizing like, okay, I'm a young boy who got this young girl pregnant and now this whole family's against me, all uh, the 16 kids uh, for f- 15 siblings, right? Like yeah. all this other stuff that's against them that they decided to like, we're going to buck the trend and do everything we can in our power to raise our kid. And it shows that that example that you have with your dad and your mom, an example that you see with Lachelle's dad, because I... I've met him a few. He's a great guy. Yeah. Not just not the fact that he's a Ravens fan. Uh, I like that. <laughs> but you see the I see the bond between him and your girls. Yeah. And oh. it is so beautiful. Oh man, it's it's you know, and uh okay, like uh on Tuesdays that's where Zelia goes to gymnastics. Yeah. We're not allowed to take her. It's grandpa. Grandpa's <laughs> gonna take me. Yeah. But it, it it's a little bond that my father in law has with her. He he enjoys taking her and you know, she learns a somersault or she'll you know, she and then she'll show us at home, you know, it's like, I learned this, but it's that little bond that he has with my, uh, with my father-in-law. And it's, since she was a baby, it, it, mm-hmm. it was always, there was always, even with Zia, yeah. there's always that chemistry, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, with Zelia from the get-go, it was a big chemistry from the start. I mean, it was bond. instant. Yeah. And with Zia, it was too, but it's obviously, uh, different stuff with wrestling yeah because yeah. that's my father-in-law he he was a wrestler, wrestler yeah real, yeah yeah exactly he was a big time for real grand and i think he ended up he was gonna go to um uh vegas they oh uh um highlands 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 there we go highlands uh, university didn't end up going but uh he uh he's the one that shows her so she, now zia does it to zelia she's like yeah, yeah. Oh, grabs her pins her and you know what i mean it's <laughs> it's funny <laughs> but i mean it's 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 the the bond that they have it's I mean I never want to take that away from them I mean it's it's well it, because you're you're a good man and and that, and I think that the important thing that we want people to hear in with these stories is that no matter what there's no excuse right you oh, yeah. can you can drive a million miles in a truck yes. and still be there for your kids oh most definitely you 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 can be 15 16 years old and still be there for your kids oh and and that's a thing that I that I, that I, I mean, obviously Lachelle tells him, but then I want him to know that, I mean, they can always talk to me. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, and if they need advice, I'm there. If they just needed somebody to listen to them, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm an open ear, you know? And that's the thing that, uh, my, I have another buddy that he's a truck driver and he has a, a girl. She's in high school, so I get a lot of stuff from him too, but yeah. he always tells me, you know, he's like, one thing that he always tells me is like, me and my daughter, never see eye to eye but we do see heart to heart to heart yeah you know and that's what he says like we don't always obviously you know yeah so that's what boys <laughs> you know what i mean and, uh, yeah and it goes both ways and and that's the thing that i that i that i that i understood as an early age you know that because my parents were always there yeah and i mean i was i was a good boy my dad would hate it my dad was the one like you don't want to go party do stuff like that and I was the one that would come back at home nine o'clock. Yeah. And he's like, that's it. He's like, you're not going to go party. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. Yeah. He's like, go call me. If you guys are going to drink, you know, that that's my, that was that person. Like yeah. if you need a, if you're going to drink, call me, we'll pick yeah. you guys up, you know, which big example, that's what, uh, my father-in-law and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I learned from my father-in-law. Cause he did that. Um, my, 
it's obviously before I met my wife, but she went to a party with her friends and she was the one driving, wasn't going to drink, ended up drinking. Yeah. And they were all worried, like, well, who's going to take us home and all this? And she's like, I'm going to call that. And that's what I want. Her first thing was, I'm going to call my dad. Yeah. And then they were like, no, 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 if you're going to get in trouble. trouble. Yeah. And she's like, no, my dad's going to pick us up and take us home. Yeah. And literally, she, my father-in-law came, picked him up, picked her friends, and he took every girl to their house, mm-hmm. which, because he talks about this, because the last house he took, he knocks at the door, and it's 1, 2 in the morning. And my father-in-law has been that person that, I'm going to take you, I'm going to take you all the way to the to front door, door, knock, and make sure you go inside the house. Exactly. You're not sneaking out, you know? So he knocks, and he's a, like a six-foot-two guy. He yeah. comes out, and my father-in-law's not big. No, you know? no, no. Short, and comes out, and he's like, what are you, like, you know? And he's like, oh, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, I'm Lachelle's dad. They had a couple of drinks, and I didn't want him to drive, so I'm bringing your daughter and making sure she's home safe. And what he says is like it, the guy's expression was, he was speechless. He's like, thank you. You know what I mean? I mean, grateful. He's like, yeah. you know, thank you for bringing her home safe. Like, exactly. you know, she's yeah. going to be home safe. And it, it, obviously my, my father-in-law grounded her the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's it was after the fact. You know what I mean? He, he, you but know, they had a relationship where, sure, there's consequences to your decisions, almost but definitely. you don't have to be afraid. Yes, exactly. And, I'm here to help you. And that's the thing with my wife and my father-in-law. They have that that bond and they still have it to this yeah. day i mean they communication to them i mean still she asks for advice for or just for an open ear you know what i mean and my father's always been there and he'll put his two senses sometimes but then that's the thing that i learned from him that sometimes you just have to be there and listen listen it, you, you don't say nothing nod your head and you just let them talk that's that's the thing that uh mm, not necessarily all women, but sometimes that's all, that's all they want to do. Just bend, vent out. and vent out. Yes. There, there, there's funny memes of when a girl's like pouting. She's like, when my husband gives me like logical advice and I just wanted to vent and just complain about things and have him complain with me and he returns with logical advice. But yeah, that's true. Sometimes we just, we have to sit there and say, okay, like, all right, I get that. I understand. You see, and that's where I, I had to change. And I'm still trying to change to this day because I always, I'm always that person. I want to solve the problem. Solve the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a problem solver. Yep. And that's what Lachelle tells me. Like sometimes it's like, I don't want you to say nothing. I just want you to listen just to me. Yeah. So, I mean, and I do that with the kids now. Sometimes I just let them talk and within five minutes, they forgot what they were even talking about. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they go back to playing and it's it's done. So so raising daughters, um, uh, raising uh, beautiful, beautiful Spanish little girls, the the cultural mindset you talked about that we talked about this a little bit off uh, off air before we got on of the expectations of raising your daughters and it seems like your your first most is like hey I'm here for you I'm, yes you can you can talk to me I'm here to listen sure like you said which I think is a great what your friend said well we might not see eye to eye but we're we're gonna see heart to heart yeah. regardless of yeah, everything exactly. um, the cultural norms and as a, a Spanish woman most cultural most women of color is they have to serve their man. Yeah. And and you you made some really good points, and I'll let you t- talk about those, on the balance of raising your daughters to, yes, do that, but not be, in a sense, obligated to do it because that's what grandma does or that's what your aunties do or whatever whatever uh, they see. See, and then uh, the, this comes up from uh, um, 
the youngest uh, is my uncle. I, I see him as a second dad. He's always been there. Yeah. And if he's listening to show, because I told him about it, if he listens to it, he knows about it. And I am very grateful for him. He's done above and beyond okay. to it for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Couldn't ask for better. Somebody there to guide me as well. Exactly. And uh, how he always explained to me is like, when you're in a relationship with your kids, it's you don't go, or even with your spouse, it's not 50-50. You're going 100 in. Mm-hmm. And they're going a hundred in as well. You guys are both going in, you know what I mean? So he's like yep. that 50, 50, don't, don't think of 50, 50 because then you start just going only for half, go full length. You know what I mean? Well, and it leaves that 50% leaves 50% room for error or mistake yes. for this or like miscommunication, miscommunication, a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that he always told me, like, you don't go in 50, 50, you're going in a hundred, a hundred and good things come out of it. You yep. know what I mean? Cause there's, there's, there's no miscommunication. There's no problem. You, they both understand each other. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's a full on thing. So it's on, as a culture shock with, a, obviously with, with me, when I grew up, I mean, kids were served first mm-hmm. and then my grandfather was served next. And then my grandma would eat last. Yeah. And, and it was always, always been that way. And I never realized it to obviously to get older when my, I introduced my wife to my grandmother. Well, um, I took her to her house and I got up and I went to go serve me a plate. <laughs> and my wife says, like, you don't know what kind of eyes your grandma gave me, dogging me, because you went up and gra- made yourself a plate. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't see nothing wrong with it, yeah. but I had to realize that that's the cultural thing. The cultural thing, yeah. And I wasn't trying to be disrespectful or nothing like that. And, and to this day, you know, like, she... She gets mad and my wife gets mad at me if I serve myself. She's like, I like serving you. She's like, it's yeah. obviously she's not doing it. Out of obligation. Out of obligation, but she likes it. But since she does that or she cooks, I like doing the other hand. I like to wash dishes. Okay. You know, yeah. I'll, she'll go relax and I'll go wash dishes and stuff like that. You know, it's, I think there's always, it's a, if she does one thing, I'll. I'll, I'll balance. Yes. Yeah. So, so you, you want to raise a girl saying, you know what? It's okay to serve. Oh, yeah. It's okay to do things, but make sure that that's not what is expected of you. It, exactly. You're yes. not obligated to do this, that you want to do this. Yeah, because so like me and my wife, we have a big thing. So she loves to cook, you know, and how we how we spend time together, I cut everything. Yeah. So I cut the meats, I cut the veggies. Okay. So that's, what, that's not saying my job, but that's what I like to do yeah. because I'm with her in the kitchen, you know. So I'm cutting all the stuff for prepping all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she starts going away and starts cooking, you know? And that's, was I obligated? No, I wasn't. But it's just something that I like to do because I like to enjoy the time. The girls are watching this the whole time. Exactly. And that's, that's little things that, that me and Alicia have been realizing that, how do they explain it? When you least expect it, that's when they're actually staring at They're staring and watching. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. you know? Well, they, they, they get, we, we've talked about this and it, it sounds like a, a broken record, but it's the truth. You could tell them how to live, yes, but they're only going to see and know what they see from you and they're going to imitate that. Most definitely. And, and that's the way that we do things. So when they get older and say if they find a, a man that's the mom served or catered them, oh, Dr. Natasha made this point was, my dad wasn't just a good dad, but he was an expectation setter yes. for my spouse moving forward when exactly. he got older. 
And so your girls are going to see that, yes, if I love and care for someone, I'm going to want to help and put my, put my, my worth in. But I, I, I assume and expect that he's going to meet me there as well. And I'm going to go 100, and he's going to go 100, and we're going to make the best dinner and do this, do that, and other. And we don't have to be set by these cultural standards of the woman eats last, yes. that they serve everyone, that they make sure. And the man not just sits there and eats, but he just sits there. Yes. Okay, my plate's empty. Go take it. Well, yeah, I don't care if you have half your plate uh, still there. I want you to get up what you're doing and take my stuff. And I saw that throughout my life, and I still see that. And it's like the go get me a beer kind of mindset. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and so it, I think that what you're doing isn't saying, okay, hey, this is how it used to be. This is how it's going to be. It's saying, no, watch us. Yeah. And this is how you should be treated. Exactly. And obviously, I mean, I mean, I think every parent, you might say it too for, for, your, for your boys yeah. that they'll never find the perfect woman. Yeah. You know, because you want the best for your kids. Exactly. And that's, I mean, and I'll say that. And I say jokingly that, you know, that mm-hmm. there's no man that will exceed my expectations to my kids. Yeah. You know, but the way that, like how you brought it up, the way they, they see us, so they see our relationship and they see that that's okay. You know what I mean? Because, yep. I mean, you, you'll, you'll see it in, I mean, in other, in other couples, in other relationships where, where it's domestic mm-hmm. and kids see that and they think it's okay. So when they grow up, it it it, it just becomes a revolving circle. Or if they become it, then it's and then that's where the generational—I wouldn't even call it curse—but generational changes happen. We yes. all evolve. Yes, and we're always continuing to evolve. And like you said, your dad is now a little—he calls him a big baby now. Well, I'm yeah. a big baby. I cry in every freaking Disney movie, any cartoon. If they say dad or family, I'm just like, boom, I'm done. Um, but we're always constantly evolving, and and our evolution again, isn't with our words or isn't with, well, I used to do this, now and that. It's just how we act and interact with, within ourselves, and with, especially with our kids. And I think you're showing your daughters um, a good example of how a man should treat a woman. Most definitely, yeah. And how a woman should treat a man. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, my parents are divorced. Yeah. But I hadn't, I never seen them argue. So I, obviously, I thought they were going to last forever. But I guess the arguments were always behind closed doors. Exactly, they would never let us see us see them, uh, you know, be uh, be 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 fighting. Yeah, or or arguing. I guess I would I would say that way, arguing. I don't want to say fighting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they they would argue and they have the, their their disputes, which is a thing that that now I I do that with with Lachelle. You know, what I mean, if me and her have an argument that she didn't like or I didn't like. She'll pull me off to the side or I pull her to the side and I'm like, hey, you know, I kind of didn't like what you did or said or whatever, you know. And I think that just shows a lot to us because, I mean, the kids. They sense that. Yes. Well, they, they sense the tension, right? Yes. They feel that. They don't see the argument, but then they see the re- the resolve and they say, okay, they must have worked it out. Yes. And, and so, again, kids see more than we know they see right. and they follow more than any, not what we say, but again, what they see. So, I, I mean, hey, golly, this is, this is another amazing, absolutely splendid episode. I'm super stoked about uh, everything that's been going on uh, that we've talked about from just your father's experience being with two girls. Again, you get, to, you get to have two first dances. I told my boys, I don't care. I'm dancing with you at your wedding. Sure. That's what's happening because I don't have a girl and yeah. I'm still going to dance. And, but, but at the end of the day, it really shows your love and care, not just for 
uh, your girls, but before the idea of, you know what, we can be better yes. as, as dads. And it seems like we, of course, we have our dad group and then you're talking to other dads outside. You're learning and listening from your daddy or uncles and stuff like that, that it really, we have to support each other and we have to not just support, but learn from each other. We don't know all what we're doing. I'm learning so much. Every episode I've learned something new that I've applied to my fathering that I feel like has made me a better dad in the last, what, month, two months I've been doing this. Yes. I think I've been a better dad exponentially through the roof compared to what I was before. Yeah. And then I, I know it's a little off topic, but I'll bring it up. So I got my vasectomy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, yeah. to my, to you know, mm -hmm. that's a big cultural no-no yep, yep, yep. because, you know, a man does not do that. A woman ties her tubes. Yeah. That's, you know what I mean? But so when my family was learning about that, it's like, really? It's like, why are you going to do that? And I'm like, well, you know, her pregnancy, my wife's pregnancies were tough, tough yeah. you know, and to her, for her to go back into another surgery, just to tie her tubes from me, it's mine was a minor surgery and she's the one that brought it up, but she didn't force it on me. She's yeah. like, Hey, would you maybe consider this? And obviously I look at both sides and mine, it was, it was a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I went to go do it and, and I, Literally, when Zia was born, I did it two days later. Oh, jeez. So, I mean, and I was yeah. and I was in and out of the of the clinic, you know what yeah. I mean? 15, 20 minutes tops, and I went back home, and that was it. Yeah. You know? Well, it, 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 there, I think there's another thing to it. I remember my grandfather, he, for grandfather used to say, um, your first main name means nothing. It's all about your last name. You'll leave us. This is who you are. And I look at it. I mean, maybe this, because I know in, in a lot of, like, our, our Hispanic and Mexican oh. cultures, they want the last name to keep going and going and going. That's my dad. So I have two girls. So obviously, you know, my name's Raul Ramon. I'm the third. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not, not going I'm, I'm to have a fourth anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? But on the go run, I mean, I, I, mean, I wanted my, my wife obviously healthy. Yes. And I had both my children healthy as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm contempt. Yeah, you know, I'm happy. I, yeah, exactly. I, it's not that, oh, I need a boy, I need a boy, or, you know, I, I, I got my two beautiful girls and, you know, they're healthy. That's, they're healthy. That, that's that's the most important thing that I care about, you know. I remember when we, we I'm a oldest of four, four of us total, actually six of us total. Now. Yes, yes. I, um, but uh, for uh, my siblings growing up, it was boy, girl, boy, girl. And then Ruby has an older brother. So we expected Max to be a girl. Like, oh, it's boy, girl. Like, boom. And then we realized we were like, they're like, do you want to know the sex? And we already saw the penis on the ultrasound. And we're like, oh, it's a boy. And we kind of sat there like, another boy, man. Like, we're expecting a girl. Like, we're like, we had girl name. We had our girl name. Nora Gale was our, uh, our girl name. And we were like already set and all this other stuff. And we're like, yeah, this is great. Oh, it's a boy. Another boy. Huh. Interesting. Well, and we sat there like, wait, we're having another boy. That's awesome. And yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's you, 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 you're happy with healthy kids and of course, healthy family. Yeah, and that was my, that was my biggest priority. Like yeah. I, I mean, I didn't care nothing else. As long as they were healthy, I'm, I'm blessed. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And obviously you can't control what you're going to have. Yeah. You know what I mean, if not, you'll see people having boys. Or, oh yeah, exactly. That, yeah. You're like, I won 15 boys all strong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you know, and I mean. I was blessed with two girls and I, I was happy. And uh, my father always brought it up to me. He's like, my, my dad was hurt that I was getting the vasectomy yeah. because he wanted, they, he wanted us to try again for a boy. For a boy yeah. he, that, and that's the big cultural thing that you talk about. The last name and I, 
told my dad, I'm like, you never know. She she might even keep my last name. Yeah, yeah. and that's very common. And she might have keep the last name, and she might have a fourth. Yes. Like, she might re-keep yeah, the and she, and she could do that, you know what yeah. I mean? Obviously, I'm not going to force it. But... At, at, or, I mean, you never know. She might find somebody that has the last name Roman, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you, yeah I mean, yeah. You, there's things that you never know, you know. But but, but I, I think we, with wrapping this up, we have a lot of good points that a million miles on the road, but you're still there with your kids. Yes. And I think that's the important thing, that there's no excuse no, no. in the world to not be there present for your kids. Exactly. And... And not to, and to learn from your parents, and I think it shows who your dad was. Yes. Uh, of course, who your father-in-law is, or who your dad is, and who your father-in-law is. Uh, the family support you had around you that there was no give up. No, no. It was like we're going to do everything we can in our power. Sure, you're not getting the nicest this and nice that, but you're going to have what you have. But the most important thing is you're going to have us. Yes. Yes. And as dads, we have to realize that having us or be, us being there is the most important thing. Exactly, and that's that's kind of like. Uh, that's what I was blessed to have with my parents. I mean, I, you know, they worked, but they would make room for us, yeah. time for us, you know. Yep. And that's what I remember. I mean, me and you send videos to each other yep. about WWE. Yeah, yeah. That was me and my dad's team yep. every Monday, Monday Night Raw. Yep. You know, Raw is war. Raw and, is war. <laughs> you know, and these are things that I talk to my dad and, and, and my dad yeah. trips out because yeah. he's like, you remember all that? I'm like, I, oh, yeah. those are the times I enjoyed it. Yep. You know what I mean? Yes, we, we, we did trips. But those are the times that I... Well, when you're it, sitting there and just... Yeah. Yeah. There's it, nothing special. I was watching the Orioles game. They lost last night um, in extras because of Ballman, and I won't get into that. But we were watching <laughs> the game. I was watching me and the boys were eating dinner uh, before I played volleyball. It was right after soccer. Now I'm coaching soccer, which I've learned a lot from Tenna and his yeah. podcast about coaching and the yeah. expectation of your kids. But we're sitting there watching it, and I was like, that's a great strike. And they're like, yeah, that's a great strike. And we're all high-fiving each other. And in that moment, I realized, like, Sure, they watch sports with me. They 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 know how inundated in sports I am, just as you are. But like that was like one of like the first like moments of us like both watching the same. All three of us watching the same pitch. Yes. And calling it, and we did the the strike out motion. The ha, ah. like yeah, we we're high five with each other, and I was like, I'm gonna remember this forever, and I hope, and I know, hopefully, they will as well. Yes, and and you know, and 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 then the good thing about my company too is like it, it, when. Obviously, I work Saturdays, but there's a lot of events that go on mm-hmm. with the schools. I mean, that uh, the isotopes is coming yeah. at, at the end of the next month, yeah. right? Yeah, well, the Meow Wolf Night, or the uh, New Mexico United. Yeah, right? the United. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah the United. Yeah. So I already have it off, like, oh, you know, and, and it's right. stuff that I'm going to enjoy with the kids. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, exactly. they know I like soccer, and they get into it here and there, but, you know, they're kids, they, they want to go play, they, yeah. you know. Which is fine. We were at the isotopes game yes. uh, with Carlos and his beautiful girl. And and all the, and all the kiddos and stuff, and we're watching the game. We're heckling number two, <laughs> outfielder for the uh, was it Las Vegas? Was it the Las Vegas Aces? No, 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 no. Salt Lake Bees. Yeah, the Bees. Yeah, the Bees. The, uh, the uh, minor Triple A team of the A's. So look them up. And he was getting rowdy. He was like, "You say it to my well, face." For the Angels, I think. The Angels, Angels. That's what it was. Angels. The A's is Las Vegas. Aces is to the A's. But he was like. Come down and say it to my face, and then you and I'm sitting there. We're just, and we're not being like vulgar. No. We're just like, come on, buddy, yeah. come on, that's bush league or whatever. And then all the kids, all the kids yes. from the girls to the boys, were sitting there like, you suck number two. You can't catch a ball. You can't even catch a cold. Like they're just heckling. And I sat there, and it was funny because we see like all the moms up there, and they're just kind of like laughing. 
but it was like the three dads and then their gaggle of kids just sitting there all hacking <laughs> this one player. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, like they, these are the moments that we're yes. always going to remember and and all that stuff. And and so thank you so very much for joining this podcast, this episode. It's, I'm excited to hear back. And, um, and we always end with a dad joke. We always say a dad joke. Do you have your dad joke? Uh, brah. So probably my dad joke is, uh, I, I say sometimes to the kids, but I mean, it okay. doesn't go a lot. So what is a trucker's favorite part of the movie? What is a trucker's favorite part of the movie? Hold on, let me figure this. The trailer? The trailers. The trailers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, I knew the hell that has to come with something with the truck. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. What did the buffalo say to his kid when he dropped him off at school? Bison. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> well, well, thank you so very much for joining. And thank you all for listening to um, episode nine of How to Father. Uh, we have one more episode of Finale. Uh, which is going to be me and the boys. I'm excited for that. Yes. Me and the boys are going to be talking. I'm nervous, excited. I, they might even just sit there like, I don't want to do this. So they don't even know yet. I, I just have this grand like idea of them uh, just uh, us having a conversation. So hopefully uh, we could get that done here uh, sooner than later. But again, thank you so very much. Uh, I want to thank Sunday Service Moto Company. They are a coffee shop slash motorcycle shop. And Raul and I, we have motorcycles. We've ridden together a few times and on a distinguished gentleman's ride on that Haley day, rain and hell. Oh, yeah. That's in between, but all for men's mental great, health. Great cause, yes. Oh, yeah, it was a great cause. <laughs> but man, oh man, that was fun. Um, but you know, once again, thank you, sir. Uh, thanks for being a part of it. I can't wait to have you on the podcast again. And of course, I'll see you at the pickup line. Most definitely, yes. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye.